You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. This episode of Breaking Down the Ring is brought to you by Chala Legal Group Estate Planning. Estate planning is for everyone. Whether you're worth $4,000 or $40 million, estate planning can help protect you, your family, and your assets while you're alive and well. To register for an upcoming workshop today, go to chalalegal.com slash workshops or call 586-273-7157. Again, that's chalalegal.com slash workshops or call 586-273-7157. You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. This week in wrestling started off amazing after our show and then quickly took one of the biggest shits wrestling has ever seen. We're going to get into Hell in a Cell. We'll get into the mundane Night Raw. And then, of course, we're going to talk about the WWE draft that started on Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, as well as the Wednesday Night Wars between AEW Dynamite and WWE's NXT. Ratings are down tremendously. We're going to get into all that and more this week as we break the ring down. You don't know what hard times are, daddy. The cream to the top for you. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. You just made the list! This right here is a family. Hey, this is professional wrestler and professional podcaster Colt Boom Boom Cabana. My name is Killer Cross. This is the Smoke Show, Scarlet Bordeaux. What's up, guys? The Machine, Brian Cage. This is Ryan from Pro Wrestling Tees. Sadly, you are not listening to The Art of Wrestling, but you made a decent choice because you're listening. You are now listening to... And you're listening... And you're listening to... You listen to Breaking Down the Ring. 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 Bring it down! Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the most inappropriate pro wrestling show in the motherfucking world. You're listening to Breaking Down the Ring. We are your ring crew. The returning whole fucking Joe. <coughs> El Nast. And me, the all Mikey one, Mikey himself. Uh, Smitty's on his way. He's uh, working at CP time real heavy. Today. He was coming down the street at uh, 1055. So. Yes, and he's still not here. We it's even started. Street. It's a long street, guys. Yeah, we even started five minutes, ten minutes late, and he's still on <laughs> So, holy shit. But there's a lot to talk about this week, man. Uh, Hell in a Cell started off like one of the greatest fucking pay-per-views WWE was going to put on this year. And it ended with a complete fucking shit show. We're going to get into that. Uh, the WWE draft happened on SmackDown. 
started on SmackDown. We'll continue on Raw. We'll go into a little conversation of where we think the rest of the superstar is going. Uh, we'll talk about who won this draft so far, who, who's winning this draft so far, and uh, and why. Plus, AEW Dynamite and NXT went up against each other with major shots fired on AEW show. And uh, we're going to get into a whole bunch. But first off, let's talk Hell in a Cell. It's obviously the biggest thing of the week. It pissed a lot of people off. But before we go into what pissed everyone off, I want to go. I want to talk about the beginning of this show. The first match, the Women's Hell in a Cell match for the Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. A lot of people were starting off saying this is going to be so hard to top. It's the match of the night. I personally thought Sasha versus Becky could have been, can be, a match of the year contender. That's how good it was. Nas, how did you feel about it, everything, uh, at the beginning of that pay-per-view, this, that match? Um, watching it, I mean, obviously it's the first match on the card, but just watching it by the end of it, you're like, there. this is the best, this is going to be the best match on the card. And there's, like you were saying, there's just no way to top it. And throughout the night, that became clearer and clearer right. in fact it probably should have been the last match no way but no it, it was a good start very good start very good match uh they definitely exceeded my expectations joe how did you feel about that match i i pretty much agree with the masked man over here <laughs> it's the way you want to start off the show hot uh unfortunately you want to even even if you're starting to show off hot like that, you still want to try to build from that, and they they were not successful in that. No, I I I was saying that the way that match started off, uh, Hell in a Cell started up way up here, and then the next match it kind of like lowered a bit, and then just kind of plateaued throughout. You can have your next match lower, but yeah. then you need to bounce. Yeah, yeah you and need- they didn't do. They were not successful in pulling that off. Yeah, the uh, and any uh, wrestling pay per view, any wrestling show should start off with that great build, like like a roller coaster. You got that great build up to the top, and then of course it, there's drops. It, build, and ebb it and gets flows. the crowd yeah. going right off right out the gate. You know they're uh, already excited. Agreed wholeheartedly, man. Uh, so when you have all of that going on, but just talking about Becky and Sasha, things were done in that cell that I hadn't seen before. The way Becky put that chair up in the corner and braced it with kendo sticks just to put Sasha on it and drop kick her ass. I was like, I, that was different. I've never seen that. But it also, if you, if you hearken back to the last women's hell in a cell match last year, Charlotte and Sasha Banks, right? We all, a lot of people were like, man, these girls might not be ready for something, this fucking hardcore because Sasha and Charlotte were not that great, right? There was that uh, spot through the table that was kind of weird and, and things like that. But this match, top to bottom, the physicality, the brutality, and the psychology that went into this match were, in my eyes, some of the best ring work that we have seen from not only those two but the agents in the back who helped put this match together i was just going to ask you do you think that is a Heyman bischoff thing because they have have more they're not agents though that yeah but are they giving the the women or just the superstars in general are they giving them more creative freedom in the ring so they can do stuff like this? Like maybe Sasha and Charlotte wasn't that good because they were kind of restricted on what they could do, whereas Becky and Sasha were given the green light. Uh, yeah, just go out there and make something happen. I personally think it's a Charlotte thing. I would love to say that people were holding the women back last year, but 
and this is it's not an I'm trying not to knock Charlotte because I think Charlotte is one of the obviously one of the upper echelon women and one of the upper echelon wrestlers period fuck women one of the upper echelon wrestlers in wrestling today I think she is really fucking good really athletic really sound but the way Sasha went at it this year and it could have been a little bit of Sasha last year too but Becky doesn't give a fuck man so Becky wants to go. Becky moves. Becky punches through. Becky wants the physicality, the brutality. She, you can, and anything that she's ever done leading up being social media, any of the matches that she's gone through, Becky has gone all out. Is it always working for her, her benefit? Nope. Sometimes she falls flat in her face, but she still goes at it. I think that this was more Becky and Sasha wanting to be better and show uh, that they're better than just about anybody else in wrestling today when Charlotte's just kind of like, oh, let's just let's kind of take it easy. And again, this is a whole 100 percent personal opinion. I don't fucking know. It could have been it could have just been it didn't work because they didn't gel. Right. Even though Sasha and Charlotte have had some amazing matches together. That one we were just like, it seems like these like these girls are just trying to hold back. So it may have been that. It, it could be the agents, but I honestly think it's more the performers and what they're willing to do in that ring, especially with setting up that chair. Like, th- dude, there was innovative things in there that you had never seen in a Hell in a Cell before. Well, right. But <clears throat> but also, I mean, with the women being just smaller in statute in general. Um, Stature? That, that's what I meant when I say statue. Yeah, statue. Yeah, sorry. Statue this, English, this English language is getting to me. <laughs> um, but with Sasha being so small, it's easier to set her up on a chair than it would be to set up, say, like Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> just Smitty said he just got pulled over. I was just, I was just wondering if you guys seen that. I mean, <laughs> what's the most even thing even that in an Smitty Uber could do? The black guy still gets pulled over. <laughs> this is why he, Joe didn't want him riding with him on the way to Chicago. <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> fucking new guy shows up to the show and he's already just leaving in the middle of it. Right. <laughs> I didn't know Nas. like. Mexican phones got service here. <laughs> they do, I promise. All right. Uh Joe, how did you so were you like let's just what would you rate that match? Because me, I'm thinking it's like a match of the year if not top 5 top 10 contender. Where are you putting that match? I'd give it a solid 8 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah, I mean uh the girls were definitely quite uh, ingenuitive with their uh with their cage engineering there. <laughs> and the uh and the little uh contraptions they were uh putting together with the kendo sticks and the chairs definitely haven't seen that before and uh i mean just the physicality in general uh i mean you could tell i mean it looked every a lot of the stuff they were doing looked pretty painful to me mm-hmm. you could tell they were totally giving their bodies to this match so anytime i see performers do that they automatically gain my respect and with the start of it with becky grabbing the fucking chain Right off the bat, not letting them lock it, and then using it to beat up uh, to punch Sasha in the gut. You know, I, I have have you? I I haven't. I can't, or at least I can't remember anyone grabbing the chain right away, not allowing it to be locked, and then locking. No, it there themselves. there are a lot of things they did in that match that haven't been done in Hell in the Cells before. So that's pretty sweet too. And, and like the, even the chain itself, you you just think you're like, man, that is just so something small and simple. How did never no one ever use that before? Triple H used it one time. Not not right off rip, but like they were 
jumping back or going out of the cage and they were going to lock it and he wrapped it around his fist and used it. To, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like they've done spots like that. But then, to start it off and with the physicality and the brutality, uh, Nas, where would, how would you rate that match? Joe just said he, he'd give it an eight out of 10. What would you rate it? Uh, I, It'd be between an eight and a nine, so eight point five. Yeah, I think I'm around the same thing, eight five nine. Um, do either of you think that that's a match of the year contender in 2019? Joe, we'll start with you. No, no. I mean, uh, could be top five or ten, but not 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 match of the year. What do you think is a match of the year? I'm not sure that we've seen it yet, but I do think that there's a couple that we've seen that have topped that. And if you ask me to name them right now off the top of my head, I can't. I, can't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going through the same problem. But like, I know that there are, <laughs> there but is. see that's, and that's my point then, because I was trying to, I think- mean, okay. So I, I, Cody and Dustin might have topped that just in the emotion that it, it, it brought okay. out of the viewer. Also a really good match. Yeah. Um, you know, when that was only what a 12, 15 minute match. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of juice, but not a lot of gimmicks. Um, just pure. Yeah, I'd say that would top it. Just in pure emotion alone. Okay. Um, and yeah, like you said, good work rate in the ring. That was great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Dustin at fifty years old, what is still at the top of his game. Right when he, when he hit the fucking. I mean, uh, Canadian destroyer. He's like, like ageless. What? Like he's amazing <clears throat> in the ring. Still so smooth. Uh, Nas is. Would you put it as a match of the year contender? Like me, obviously, um, if you say in top five, that's still really fucking. Good, I would say it's said. a match of the year contender simply because it was so good and so new. So now it's fresh in everybody's minds. Mm-hmm. Like right now, we know there's matches out there that were probably better than this one, but we can't think of them right now because this is the freshest in our mind. Mm-hmm. Just like you go to battle of the bands, normally the last band that plays wins. <laughs> just how it goes that's who people remember Mm -hmm. um so yeah i I mean i think it's in contention i think that's not a bad thing to say but do i personally think it was match of the year no but i don't know what my match of the year is yet because i'd have to look at them all and then decide um the cody and dustin is one that was on my mind as well joe um i am i'm looking at this match and i i understand that everyone's like oh it's fresh and new but at the same time a match of the year should be something that completely fully stands out to you and if i'm thinking of any matches that completely uh stand out to me there is the cody and dustin one there is definitely this sasha banks and becky lynch one there's you know um the Kofi won at WrestleMania, which was a very solid match, uh, you know, for him and him and Daniel Bryan. Uh, there is the definitely the <clears throat> women's match, the triple threat ma- main event match at WrestleMania stands out um, because of another emotional aspect, just for the fact that the three women are in there. Granted, a lot of shit talk about the finish of it because Ronda's shoulders were kind of up because of the cut that she had, so she couldn't plan herself fully the first time and that's more on the referee than anything else but as far as solid overall match i I really do want to i really do think becky and sasha are a a legitimate contender definitely top five yeah but you're also missing nxt where you got gargano and cole one two and three that were all really good see i liked I liked Gargano and Cole three. Way okay, more but than see, you, yeah, right, right. But what I'm saying I, is, I haven't even seen it yet. But um, from the last NXT UK, uh, yeah. I heard you know 
Tyler Bate yeah, and Walter Walt, just yeah. absolutely yeah. killed it. Yeah, I, um, I totally and forgot I, about I've that been one. meaning to watch it, and I will watch it, but I haven't yet. But yeah, so I mean, there's stuff yeah. even going on in NXT UK because even Pete Dunne and Walter was a great match. And yeah. Then you got then you got Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate three, which happened this year. The other two happened last year. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's a lot of good matches elsewhere as well. Right. So I mean, it again, it's totally in contention, but there's a lot of lot of contenders. Yeah. All right, let's talk about it now. We'll have a conversation. The ending of Hell in a Cell. The match between The Fiend and Seth Rollins started off pretty good. And then Seth Rollins uh, couldn't get anything more than a one count out of him. And so then he started curb stomping the absolute fuck out of The Fiend. Not going for a cover or anything, just curb stomp after curb stomp after curb stomp. Fiend was uh, fi- getting Well, how up could and- he go for a cover? The Fiend was no selling everything. And Well, no, eventually The Fiend stopped moving. And after eventually, all, after like fifteen of them, the fifteen curb stomps, and then the Seth went grabbed the chair as the fiend was just laying there and fucking bashed his head with the chair against the mat. Then left the chair on top of his head. Then hit him with the ladder. Left the ladder on top. Then started beating him with the toolbox that came out, and a whole bunch of wrenches went flying around. And then he put the toolbox on top of his head. That then, was dumb. Then he comes and gets a fucking sledgehammer, and the ref is like, "Don't do this. You don't know if you'll be able to look at yourself in the morning. How can you fucking do this? Oh my God, Seth Rollins." And then. Seth holding his hair, going, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. He said, fuck it. Grab the fucking, continue with the sledgehammer and bash the toolbox that was on top of the ladder, on top of the chair, and on top of the fiend. But he literally just hit the toolbox. Which by the nothing time else it made it moved. its way to the fiend, like, <laughs> completely lost all of its impact. But Right, 100% that chair shot was more deadly. That's neither here nor there, That I chair suppose. shot was more deadly than that fucking sledgehammer. <laughs> right. So then the ref stops the match. Not a DQ. He didn't disqualify Seth. Seth, Brady but it was win. confusing because right, didn't we'll, the announcers we'll, even think we'll, it was a we'll, DQ? We'll, for we'll a get into that. And give me a second. Let me finish the end. So he stops the match, and again, everyone who's watching this is like, what? "Thinking DQ." There isn't a single fucking person that thought the match was just stopped. Yeah. They thought Seth got DQ'd from using the sledgehammer inside Hell in a Cell. Very confusing. So as the EMTs are then called down because the ref throws up the X. And they come down, and then Seth's still standing over the fiend as the fucking EMTs and everything. And then the fiend gets up, and he puts the mandible claw on Seth. And then in the middle of the ring, and then chaos is ensuing, blah, blah, blah. And then outside of the ring, fucking the fiend puts the uh, pulls up the fucking... Um, the, the mat, and they hit Seth with the s- sister Abigail, and then he puts the commandable claw back on him, and blood spewing out of Seth. Oh my god, it's fucking carnage. And Hell in a Cell goes off the air. We get no type of information from the announcers. We get no type of information from the referee. We get nothing. We just think Hell in a Cell ended in a disqualification. And it didn't, because eventually on WWE.com, they say that the match ended in a match stoppage. Yeah, like the next by day the or referee. something. Yeah, by because the everyone was so mad that it was a DQ, they're like, no, it's not going to yeah, be a DQ they, I, anymore. Yeah, I think they just made that up overnight. Uh-huh. Uh, no, because if you pay attention to the match, when the ref did call for the bell, he just said, this match is over. It's done. So he again, yes, it was a match stoppage. They're not using they didn't use that as a, oh, we got to get out of this DQ thing. The ref did say this match is over. It's done. He, didn't, the, say, the he didn't say Bray win. He, yeah, you're right. Never no articulated comment. a referee stoppage. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, so let's talk about the end of this match. Joe, 
what? Yes, I, I want to know your exact feelings when it was the last ten minutes to the finish of that match. How, what were you feeling? What was going through your head as you're watching this? I just thought it was all dumb. <laughs> I, that's I was, I was just that's literally all the first. I mean, even to start the red lighting, I did not like that at all. It was hard to see. I get that it brings ambiance to uh, Bray's character, but not with that character. I don't cage. like it. I don't like it. Uh, yeah, and the, the cage is red too. It's just like really hard to see. Anyway, and then I mean, you could see where he was going with all this, like you know. Bray Wyatt, who I'm sure if you look at his win loss record, it's it's on the negative side. Now all of a sudden, he's like Wolverine in the comics or Superman, or is just unstoppable. Like he's he sold less than the Undertaker. He's like has. no selling like twelve, literally twelve or fifteen finishers, and he's a juggernaut, bitch. And and then you know, and then the weaponry starts to come out, and, I, and I'm just I'm literally watching this, and I'm not like freaking out or like getting all pissed or like oh this. I'm just watching, and I'm literally saying to myself out loud, I'm like, this is just dumb. This is stupid. And it just kept going in the direction that I thought it was going, which was dumb and tickle butt. And it just, like, Bray's never been this badass before ever. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a very easily beatable character. Uh, Now he's fucking, yeah, juggernaut, Superman. I was like, Okay, you're establishing that Bray's just this superhuman monster. So, uh, how are you supposed to boo Bray if he's a heel? If he's that badass, you're just really making Seth kind of look like a bitch, right? Which is he's already been kind of looking like a bitch for a while now. Beginning, he's very meh. Uh, so I don't know what that really fucking did for anybody except for make both of them and the company look completely fucking stupid. Incompetent. They look very incompetent at the end of that fucking match. They, the, the wrestlers or the, the company? Com- the company. As company. A yeah. So, Nas, what were your feelings on watching this match uh, and the ending? Um, also not a fan of the red light. <clears throat> I actually did not mind it. I like the red light a lot. I liked it at first, but like as the match goes on, like especially if they're gonna have like a long match, it, it does get old pretty quickly. And the cage is red, dude. That's yeah. Well, the, the cage so, the cage being red actually that's double me more red. Than the it's red like light. two reds you're looking through. You know, like um, as far as the ending of the match, it was like WWE had backed themselves into a corner by not putting the belt on the fiend. And it was like they were scrambling and didn't know what to do. And this is like the best idea that they could come up with in a short amount of time. And if that is the case, then I'm okay with it because you didn't know any better. But if you actually sat in the war room and this was the ending you came up with. It's, it's the ending it's one guy came up with and you know that. Okay, fine. That that's fine. I'm I'm just saying like if this was like uh doesn't matter if it's a war room at the end of the day it's one guy that made that call fucking war room we'll get into that later yep. um, creative team whatever you want to call it it's just one guy making that fucking call it's whatever it's um, one guy I was I was kind of mad because I was one of those fans that thought it was a DQ. So I'm sitting there, you know. So you were like every other fucking fan in the world that was watching that match. Yeah, because I was I was real smarky about it too. Like, how the fuck are they gonna have a ho- <clears throat> hell in the cell and there be a DQ? Like, 
the fuck? Like that's the dumbest shit ever. I, I was I was literally mad. Um, I didn't even know it became a stoppage. I just realized like because the they didn't day, say it till the hey, next day. WWE, so fuck it, whatever. They're gonna do whatever they want. Still make money. Um, it was dumb. It was the dumb probably one of the dumbest finishes I have ever seen, and I've been watching wrestling for a long time. Smitty, how are you feeling about it? Move over to your right a little bit. That's oh, your other right, Smitty. <laughs> this is why it was late. He kept making left turns. <laughs> he made a left, Actually, a left no, turn my at Uber Albuquerque. Got, my Uber got pulled over. Yeah, we, we had a conversation about that already. Continue your talk about um, this match. But yeah, so <laughs> I was watching the match. I was at work. You know, I felt like this is just typical WWE at this point. I, I go in with expectation. I go in with expectation with a this time it was not a high or low expectation, just expectation for the, for them to have a good match. And well, it wasn't high or low; it was just an expectation. What, wait, I, I'm I'm confused. Typical WWE. So we started off that pay per view with one of the top five matches, maybe top ten matches of the year, right? So is that typical WWE? Within that week, for sure, because they they always all that week they started hot. And just everything. No, that's not that's here. not what typical means. Typical doesn't mean what's going on in a week. Typical means this is an overall type of uh, consensus of what's happening. So your overall type of consensus of what happening in WWE is possibly one of the worst match finishes of all time. Uh, not typical then. Okay, Wrong yeah, word. I was like, so uh, so typical. Wrong word. <laughs> that's why I was really confused by you saying that. It's like no. Because let's be very honest, until Hell in a Cell, no Sunday WWE pay-per-view was bad. It, they weren't great. They weren't amazing, but they were all good. Like you could all go, man, no, that was a good pay-per-view. WrestleMania was a good pay-per-view. Fucking Money in the Bank was a good pay-per-view. Uh, Fastlane, good pay-per-view. Elimination Chamber, good pay-per-view. Nothing spec-fucking-tacular, but nothing that you were like, man, that fucking sucked. But at Hell in a Cell, outside of the Becky-Sasha match, everything else was meh, and then that actually, ending I, of it was I, I, absolute I thought, I thought shit. the Chad Gable and, uh, and Corbin match was actually decent, too. All right, another good match. So we had two. We had a great match, a good match, all right matches with some little filler fluffer stuff, and then an absolute shit ending. I will honestly say, I it, it, that ending because that pay per view was meh to me. Even though I had to start off with a great match, everything else I was like, man, I'd probably give this like a fucking six and a half, seven. It's not bad. And then the ending of that made me go, no, this is like a this that was so or bad. <laughs> no, no, it dropped like it was under under a five because of that. Um, but continue. We're talking about this match. So, Smitty, how were you feeling while you were watching it? Um, I, I, I hated. Well, I was like, I'm, once again, I'm one of the people that hated the finish for sure. I kind of get what you were saying, just about the mindset about typical WWE, though, because it's like they, you know, you, you bitch, you bitch, you lose faith, and then you start to get a more positive attitude, and like, all right, let's let's see where this goes, and you get a little optimistic. And they and they bring you up to a point, and then it's like, smash, bitch, get back down. Here, Open them cheeks. Take yeah. your fucking hopes and just kill them. Open them cheeks. So sorry, go S- go S- on. Smitty loves getting raped by dudes. No, but that's it. so it was one of those. <laughs> Smitty, I, I Smitty got raped sh- by his own meats last weekend. <laughs> if you go to breakingdownthering dot com and you go to the official merchandise, use the code Smitty's Meat. You get twenty percent off our merchandise for the rest of this show. Yeah, How do you like that segue? Hey, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> My meat gets people discounts. <laughs> All right. Continue. So, uh, I was one of you that was upset with the finish. Um, it, 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 I went into uh, Hell in a Cell with, like looking at it like 
feeling like it was a blow off pay per view anyway. So I didn't go in with too high expectations going into it. I feel like it was a blow off because they wanted really are really setting up for the Riyadh for uh, Blood Money in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> the Blood Money, <laughs> uh, dude. I'm overhearing that. You know why I'm overhearing about Saudi Arabia being a shit thing? Because they made the fucking contract and deal before all the bullshit. When Saudi Arabia had the the, the uh, mentality of it was getting better. Then the fucking reporter got murdered, right? You're in a contract. You can't get out of it. It's not blood money. It's a contract that they put before all that shit, when everything looked like it was going on the uptick, and then it co- took a complete fucking downtick. It's like anyone who bought the stock for WWE right before Hell in a Cell. It looked like everything was going great. And then all of a sudden, at the end of it, well, percent, but... Hell in a Cell still had to happen because it's a contract. <laughs> so, anyway, continue. Sorry, I just had to fucking cut you off. But it, it still <laughs> felt like it was, like, I felt like the way that Raw SmackDown were molding before Hell in a Cell, it was like, they felt like Hell in a Cell was a blow-off for Crown Jewel. No, Hell in a Cell was a blow-off because everything was going into SmackDown the Friday before. Well, that was a There's a reason the fucking it. other matches on that show weren't made until three hours before Hell in a Cell. Well, you mean till the kickoff? <laughs> no, three hours before Hell in a Cell at the WWE Now thing on Twitter and social media. That's when it all came out because it came out an hour before the cutoff for pro wrestling scorecards did those matches come out. Then the only thing that changed uh, on the kickoff show was Natalia. I, I think that the kickoff show was Corbin and Gable. Natalia was announced as, okay. as a pre-show match. But continue. We're again. The, so the, well, the ending ma- of the match, the, the end of the match. Like, uh, I got into a debate with somebody about how, like, last year, Hell in a Cell ended with uh before Raymond Reigns and Braun even got into the got into the cell, and, and uh, Lesnar comes in and beats each other. I'm like, my my argument with that was okay. That that makes sense because the bell never rang when it came to uh, Lesnar and when, when Lesnar interfered. It, with, uh, what? Well, Reigns uh, Strowman last year. Yeah, they were having a match. What are you talking about? The bell never rang. Well, th- th- that ended with an interference. That was not even th- so. That stoppage actually made sense. Uh, no, because it's a hell in a cell, and it's not supposed to just stop. Stopping the match <laughs> in a hell in a cell where there are no it, rules no, doesn't make sense. But it made more sense than th- no. And then, and, uh, both of them. I mean, if you're if you're telling me which one made more sense. No, no, I, I. They both made absolutely no sense. The psychology of both stopping a hell in a cell match. When I, mean, I agree 100%, but I was, I'm just saying if you're going to stop a, a Hell in a Cell match for anything, stop it for interference. Or stop it because, like, okay, in Seth Rollins' case, where he's taking the sledgehammer to the stack of shit that's never going to impact Bray Wyatt, but whatever. All right, so uh, many, just keep on – go talk this match. Stop going into side stuff. I want to hear this match stuff. Ending of it, during it, things like that. Uh, during the match w- – like uh, you've already protected the stomp so much, and, or they over the last couple of matches you've not protected it, and now it just seems like it's not really a finisher anymore. That was one thing that bothered me during the match. Wait, how have you protected the finish when Brock Lesnar had to take like three or when four I said, of them over the last few matches? You've protected it less and less. All right. Because Brock Lesnar is different. Brock Lesnar, of course, will take three or four of them. But Strowman. Seth has finished. Okay, Strowman. But in regular matches, Seth has finished it with the stomp. To be very honest, the most protective finisher in WWE history is the fucking uh, Dirty Deeds from Dean Ambrose. Or the end of days from Baron Corbin. No. Uh, it's been kicked out of. 
Wahoo. I'm trying to remember. Cena? I remember it happening and me going, holy shit, someone kicked out of it. And then the second one worked. Cena kicked, out, Cena kicked out of it as well. Well, that's different. <laughs> but again, Cena's someone, up yeah, there with Lesnar where he can take two and you're, it's still believable. Uh, but again, even Cena would take a dirty deed and go down in three. It's it, it's stupid. Anyway, continue. So uh, we're sidecasting way too much already. Uh, I was bothered with that during the match. Um, just kind of like Z said, the ridiculousness of like the sack, the stack of shit that taking a sledgehammer to wouldn't hurt. Who the fuck is Z? Oh uh, yeah, this mass son of a bitch. I don't know anything about. <laughs> Smitty's Meats, 20% off. BreakingDownTheRing.com. Smitty's Meats, 20% off. Next week's code will be hashtag wrong. (laughs) (laughs) If I would have ever been able to find out, the find the font, we were going to have a shirt that said Wednesday Night Wrong in the old original Monday Night Raw font logo. It was going to be Wednesday Night Wrong. I just could not find the fucking font. It was all about Smitty. I want my own (laughs) t-shirt. Yeah, maybe you'll actually buy one of our t-shirts then. Well, last You're time the I only to, one who hasn't. <laughs> believe it or not, no, last time I tried to buy one, my account went into the negative. Anyway, um, I'm going to go into now my com- my thoughts process on this. Hell in a Cell made no fucking sense in that final match. You are trying to build your face. Seth Rollins just beat Brock Lesnar twice on your two biggest pay-per-views in the fucking world, right? You just He just beat Brock Lesnar, who is your golden child, at WrestleMania, right off the bat, quickly. Then an injured, hurt, beaten Seth Rollins beat Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. So now, and he, then Braun Strowman. I'm not, right I don't give a shit about that. That but, doesn't matter. Braun Strowman is—he's sure he's a monster, or whatever. But Brock Lesnar is where WWE's money is. Braun Strowman hasn't been where WWE's okay. money is for the longest so Brock time. Gave him the rub so twice. So twice. And once so he basically, was he is he is the guy. He was your number one pick in the last draft that you had. You have been building Seth Rollins as the guy in your thing ever since the fans shit all over Roman Reigns and Roman went out with cancer. So now you need someone who's a workhorse. Ambrose left. Rollins is your guy. Period. They have put their money on Rollins for the last couple years, especially in 2019, with him going over Brock Lesnar regular and then completely fucked up and injured. Because remember, there was that promo before on Raw, before fucking SummerSlam, where Seth's laying down on the ring going, uh, I gotta beat Brock Lesnar. Oh, oh, oh. And then he fucking beats Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. That is your money boy. That is your golden boy. That is the person you're paying nine fucking $12 million a year for random appearances. And Seth Rollins went over on him twice. You then put him in a match with The Fiend, the fucking greatest character in wrestling right now. The Fiend is one of the coolest fucking things. Everyone was talking about the Firefly Funhouse. Fuck, even Joe was like, those Firefly Funhouse is pretty good when they were going on, right? And then you have the character of The Fiend. The maskets and everyone's like, holy shit, that's fucking slick. And then the way everything's put together. His WrestleMania entrance. His entrance at Hell in a Cell. The Fiend is one of the most talked about, coolest fucking things in professional wrestling right now. Top two, him and Orange Cassidy, in my personal fucking belief, opinion. So, because of that, you now have him go into a title match. You don't want to take that belt off of Rollins. You don't. But you have to. 
I said it on the show last week. The only way Hell in a Cell works, that match works, is The Fiend walks out with it. So then Seth Rollins is getting no-sell jobs, which is fine by me. I'm all right with the no-sell. It builds the character, like Joe was saying. He went from this character who is just losing all the fucking time to he needed to be established as some serious, dominant fucking thing. But this is like McFoley in a sense where this is just one of Bray's alter egos, and this one is fucking amazing. Right, but that and that's... Great. Yes, I, I'll, I, that's a good that's a good look at it. But again, like I said last week, because of the past of Bray Wyatt, because of the loss after loss after loss after loss of the I will never put anything on this person's shoulders ever seemingly type mood from Vince McMahon, Bray had to win this match. He didn't. And on top of him not doing it, Seth Rollins, it was getting one counts from everything. So then he curbs up, curbs up, curbs up, curbs up. And I get it. Seth's like, I'm going nuts. I have to try and put this person down. He's kicking out after one off everything, no matter what he's being hit with. But then eventually the fiend stops moving after the curb stops, before the weapons are being pulled out. Seth doesn't go for a fucking cover at all in any way, shape, or form. So we don't know that Bray Wyatt is going to continue to kick out. The Fiend is going to continue to kick out. He may have lost right there, but the crowd is fucking turning because they see it, right? Oh, sorry, the crowd was turning earlier. He hit another curb stomp, and then, you know, he kicked out, and then curb stop, curb stop, curb stop. Now he's not moving. The crowd is really fucking on the side of Bray Wyatt, booing, knowing what's going to happen. Seth then stands over him with a chair. And fucking one man concertos his head to the fucking mat in a devastating chair shot. Unprotected chair shot. Chair straight to the head. They don't do that in WWE anymore. Well, they did this time. I mean, he mostly hit the mat, though. Yeah. Right. But, but at the same time, that, the perception that of sight, it. Yeah. That sight does not see Yeah. Like, so we know, like, if you're, but if you're a little kid, my 10 year old watching it, she goes, oh, <sighs> you know, and that's, again, we have to remember that while we're the, the marks. The intent is that he while, hit him in the yeah, head. Yeah. While we're the marks and we can, we'll, we'll pick anything apart. The no, way it was the intent. Come across. Yeah. The, and then he fucking do, used the ladder and left it there. And then the toolbox and went flying over it and left it there. Then the sledgehammer. Seth Rollins doesn't look like your baby face anymore. Seth Rollins looked like someone who legitimately lost it. And on especially to the fans now, no one gives a shit. People are already starting to be meh on Seth Rollins. But Seth Rollins in that match completely went off the rails. He lo- he looks unhinged, bad. He is not your money boy anymore. Because uh, what you just did to Seth Rollins in that match with the way he acted, right? You Roman Reigns the fuck out of him. That was a fucking Royal Rumble winner moment. I think, I, I think it's a little different because I need more water. Roman Reigns is like a force down your throat thing, but this is like they're, they're, they're weakening Seth. They're showing that like he's not stro- a strong of character. He's not mentally strong. He's cracked. He's weak. The, the character of the Fiend has broken him. Yes. And that's not how you want your top face. Your face should be, <clears throat> you know, unaffe- not unaffected, but it should be able to pull through this somehow you know yeah but and he's not he's not i'm gonna fast forward real quick because uh obviously (laughs) the fiend was drafted smackdown so assuming rollins stays on raw this feud is over regardless no and we'll get into that the i see where you're coming from joe i completely uh you're right uh that's more of a more but you're still Killing two things. 
You hurt any credibility. I don't give a shit if Bray got up. Because when Bray got up, let's say the match was stopped because, oh, my God, the safety and the health of this competitor, blah, blah, which the referee re- released a fucking statement on Two Tuesday later, saying that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, let's say that was it. Okay. I, because of the – just uh, why wasn't the match restarted? You have had hell in the cells where people were thrown off the top of the cell through a fucking Almost table fucking with fucking teeth hanging out of them, getting stretchered out. And it that was guy a different got up, time. Right the fuck doesn't matter. That guy climbed right back up because that's a fucking memorable moment. His and it's bl- something his that is went through his nose once. He something that is defined that match. And then there's something. It's also something that yes, it defines that match very right, Smith, because it's always going to sit there. So if you always have these top moments of this match, and then this guy is allegedly I'm, being well, put on the stretcher. Well, to go up. to that level of real violence nowadays, though. But I'm not talking about the violence. I'm not talking about what I'm talking about is that match stopped because this dude needed the health and safety of it. The other match yeah, well, was psychologically, like, but hold yeah, on, let me, nothing. So the other match was supposed to stop and didn't because Mick got up, right, and went back and then went to the top. So why the fuck wasn't this match restarted? We can't say that fucking the health and safety of uh, Bray Wyatt was in contention anymore because the motherfucker was beating the shit out of Rollins. Maybe it was the health and safety of Rollins because he was, you know, internally bleeding. Sorry, Siri. No. From the mandible claw. Not until the fucking mandible claw, but before that. when they were bleeding from the mandible (laughs) claw. But they were fighting in the the fucking (laughs) ring before that. He was getting this sister Abigail. That fucking match should have restarted. If you're trying to use this as your goddamn uh, excuse. excuse. Yes, it's, it's fucking stupid. It's fucking everything yeah. about the end of that fucking pay per view was dumb, including every fucking thing they tried to make sense with it afterwards. We yeah. all agree. Psychologically, it's fucked. Yeah, and that, <laughs> and that's the problem. If things don't make sense, I'm not going to buy into it. It's the Rocker reason I have a problem a with AEW because matches are just going on and things don't make sense. It's the reason we've all had problems with WWE the last few years. When things aren't making sense, we're just like, what the fuck? This well, t- yeah, just like with AEW and the whole re- referee's discretion, it doesn't make sense, and it's like, what the fuck? Like, I want, I want shit to make sense. Like, I invest just as much time in the storylines as I do the actual wrestling because it's all part of wrestling. Is it weird? So if the storyline sucks but the match is good, it still kind of sucks. So is it weird that Impact actually makes more sense in both WWE and AEW right now? Uh, no, no, it's it's supposed to, and I and I have I've watched Impact. Impact is one of the one. Of are the they doing? Are they still like? Because the first their first show on Access, it was like just like old footage. Yes. Are they doing live They're stuff? Officially... The end of this month is when you're going to get uh, weekly shows. So weekly still shows. just old footage. Yeah, it's, it's right, right off the bound, right, right off the bound, bound for glory. Yeah. Um, right now they're building their audience on Tuesday nights and then they're going to give you their shows at the end of the month. I think October 29th. October 29th. Right yeah, before it's like Lord. I said in the chat, I want to support all these companies, but God, it's a it's, lot. It's a lot. So, <laughs> let's move on. So let's, we're we're going to move on now uh, from Hell in a Cell. To Raw. Uh, but mm. the final thing that we're going to say about Hell in a Cell is remember, Pro Wrestling Scorecards, uh, they are doing the digital thing now uh, where you can get codes if you go and t- talk to some stuff. Uh, I'm going to talk with Daniel. I think we might have a few codes that we're able to give out. Maybe we'll get something going out before this Survivor Series that's going on here uh, November 
24th. 24th. Uh, we're doing that at B-Dubs downtown Detroit. Buffalo Wild Wings. Again, <gasps> our huge party. Second floor. Giveaways. Whole bunch of fun stuff. All kinds of greatness going on at the downtown Detroit Buffalo Wild Wings. November 24th for Survivor Series. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash BDRcast. Check out our events, and we put it right there. Tell us you're coming, man, because more people we know coming, the more stuff that we can go out for. Because if we only think 20 people are coming, we sure as shit aren't going to go get a whole bunch of great prizes like another WWE title belt. Let us know you're showing up. Now, yes, Cody. Cody Shaver says... Hell in a Cell ended in a train wreck, and we fucking agree, even though train wreck is a great fucking beer from a Michigan brew. Um, the Wednesday Night Wars and all of the ratings are coming in now, right? Uh, AEW's premiere is done. It's their second week. Their second show, I mean, for the most part, was better than the first show. Uh-huh. Let's, let's, let's not – I, I like uh, – I bury what I want to – we bury the things that don't make sense about AEW. We can never take away from a lot of stuff. Um, the match of the night match. was more than likely Private Party and Young Bucks <sighs> for AEW. But if I'm honestly putting, I really like the main event too. Yeah, the main also really good. Um, if we're we can't we we can't keep we're not going to keep shitting on AEW just to shit on AEW. But there's a lot of things that still don't make sense to the point where now your announcers are getting into it. Ever since Double or Nothing. Uh, we, which is the first fucking show AEW put on uh-huh. uh, in Las Vegas, we have had a problem with the officiating with AEW. And it was never more blatant than it was this week when Tully Blanchard attacked John Moxley right in front of the fucking referee and nothing happened. Not Tully, get the fuck away. I'm going to let this match keep going. Nothing. Not a goddamn thing. No DQ, no removal of the manager at least. Just it kept going. That being said, if there's anything I want to do and give credit to with the officiating, it's Aubrey and Bryce. Bryce is the uh, the bald guy who did a couple matches, including the main event on uh, Dynamite. And Aubrey, obviously, is the female re- referee. They're both loud. They're both vocal. You hear them doing countouts, telling people to get back in the fucking ring and things like that. They are in the middle. Yeah, they're in, aggressive. In the they're yes. up in and the uh, performer's faces. Yes. They are very, very good officiating, and I think every other official needs to take heed from what they're doing. Because you can, you can, you can shit on the bad, so but is you the have first to. Not, DQ going to be somebody pushing a ref? But that's that's the thing, man. I do, and that's where this is going. Is like we said, the more sense this doesn't make, the more ridiculous the first DQ is going to be. Yes, and if it is for pushing, it's going to be like a heel turn for a ref, like straight up. The first ref that calls a DQ on on basically anything at this point. Because, I mean, I've seen John Moxley come in and drag Kenny Omega out of a match and put him through a glass coffee table, and that wasn't a DQ. Yep. So, I mean, what are they going to have to do? Throw Braun Strowman in a fucking garbage truck? It's the same truck? thing like in uh, New Japan when Minoru Suzuki drags a guy out through the crowd and beats the fuck out of him with a chair and Red Shoes is just... Standing there with an idiotic look on his face, or like, almost every ECW referee as well. Well, ECW is no rules. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, that's See, the, they established was, that. Yeah. yeah, ECW that ref was there to make a three count. Yeah, yep. That, and put gloves they, on. They and came. Take care of somebody's they came board. right out and said that up front. I got no problem with that. Like even NXT this week on their show, right? It uh, during the 
the, the title match. Wasn't the title match? Leo Rush versus Leo Black. Rush, the cruiser, the NXT Cruiserweight title match, which I think may have been the match of the night. Oh, that was uh, a, that one uh, on for both shows. I think Leo Rush and NXT has been yeah, excellent, dude. Yeah, I like, NXT, I, I, I I like the great. tag team match better than I like that. Match. So also in like the, the middle Roddy. of that match, the uh, announcer says, Moro says, in NXT matches, title matches, only you can only win by pinfall. Or submission. There's no disqualification. You can't be DQ'd. You can't be counted yeah, out. There must and be N- a NXT title matches. That's a- last week on Friday Night SmackDown. Not this not current one. The week before, where Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon were in that ladder. See, match. I didn't know they put that fucking the rules of hey, the ladder match on it. Hang on a second. I didn't even know there's no DQ in NXT title matches. There, it I may not I, have I been before. It may not have been before, but it was definitely now. So, but either way, they're establishing rules. AEW uh, and we beat this fucking thing with a de- like a dead horse. But AEW hasn't established anything to know what follows as rules. But when you're a casual wrestling fan, which is what you're trying to bring in, people need to know how to follow this. And if it doesn't make sense, which it doesn't to me, and I'm not a casual wrestling fan, if it doesn't make sense, people are going to tune out. And it's never been more evident than what happened this week with AEW's ratings. Last week, AEW opened with a 1.4. This week, one. 1.018. You they dropped. You knew there was going to be some drop off. I understand though. that there's a drop off, but here's the thing. So NXT also dropped uh, 100,000 viewers because the last week they were at um, 900,000. 900, this week they were 800,000. So yes, there was still a drop off there, but NXT started off, their opening fucking week started off at a 1.1, right? Now they're at an 8. Uh, point eight. If you're so, that's a three hundred thousand person drop off from their first week to now. AEW dropped four hundred thousand people in one week. One week. That's a problem. You can oh, but we beat the NXT. I don't give a shit if you beat NXT. I, I think that NXT that, hasn't lost as many fans <clears throat> as you have in one week in their I, entire USA run so far. I think that four hundred thousand is your casual fan. I mean, honestly, it's, oh, what's this? This is on, like, let's watch this. Oh, okay, I, this doesn't make sense to me. Onward and upward. Right. <laughs> they could have not been impressed by NXT, I'm sorry, AEW's first show. Yeah. I wasn't. Uh, Most they, people weren't. They, they it hit, good. A, it wasn't they hit a double yep, exactly. when they needed 100%. to hit a home run. Yep, that's exactly, man, we were, that's exactly what we said last week, put in a baseball analogies. However, this week, I'd say they hit a triple that almost made, wasn't inside the Parker. Yeah, yep. it was much better yeah. this week. Uh, Jericho cut a promo that was scathing. <sighs> we aren't next, we're now. That's the first shot that he took. Uh-huh. Then during the We the People chant, he let it go. Oh, it's such a Jericho move. Let it go, and he was getting all the cheers, because then he goes, uh, it's a stupid idea from bad creative, and it's gone now. Fans, oh my god, yes, 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 yes. And then he said, and Dusty Rhodes sucked. Boo. God, Jericho <laughs> took you. Oh god, Jericho's so fucking good. Jericho is the epitome of mic work right now. It was spectacular. If you're not watching AEW because it doesn't make sense, watch it when Jericho's on there because it doesn't matter. Jericho's spectacular on promos. MJF, spectacular and on promos. And he put every one of his people over properly. Yep. Like only he can. He's a Mexican god. Yeah. and <laughs> Ortiz. I'm just so glad to see them on a bigger stage right now. Right. And then, dude, he put the Hagar wh- over. He made Hagar more big than fucking We the People did. Uh-huh. He goes, he literally said, he's an MMA right now and he's undefeated which means he's the most dangerous man on this roster and you're like 
And that yeah, ain't going, yeah, that, that, makes, MMA that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like there isn't a single MMA undefeated person in any type of wrestling until now with Hagar. Uh, Joe, so you were talking about you didn't like last week, but you did like this week. Tell me what you didn't like and what you thought improved very well for AEW because we obviously you weren't here last week. What I didn't like or what I did like? Didn't to what then improved to made you uh, appreciate the show more? Didn't like from the first week? Yes. Um, I did not like Bear. the women's title match nor the ending <laughs> of it. Um, like if Nyla Rose is supposed to be your native beast and like a monster, why does she need to resort to like using a chair against a 90 pound right. wet Joshi girl? Uh, that match didn't even look right. That, yeah, she, and I'm sorry, I still stand by she's like a PR move because she's not a very good wrestler at no, all. No, I can't argue that. Um, and that's in that, uh, the first show is not even fresh in my mind right now. So there are other things I'm sure I could complain about. But what I liked about uh, this week's show was obviously uh, the private party Young Bucks match. I mean, Spot Monkey Fest, yada, yada, yada. But like, I like that stuff. Like, I like, you know, good stories and psychology. Right. But and I also like the Spot Fest, too. Like, I, I get both sides of it. Yeah. So I like both. And if you're watching it thinking, like, oh, man, like, these guys are just, like, having a half-hour blowout for the Young Bucks to win, that would kind of suck. Yeah. But Private Party won. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, a total, like, rub for them was yeah. huge. So it was, like... It meant something. It's a big win, and it was an awesome match. Um, I'm just proud of this, uh, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins being able to work NXT and AEW. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> they're two Montez Ford. Angelo Dawkins they're like, the party. They're like, uh, you know, the rated R version of the Street Profits. <laughs> that 40-ounce vodka crayon. Yeah. <laughs> that was nice. C- continue, Joe. Uh, so, yeah, opening match, uh, great. Um Little, uh, like you said, psychology issues with the Mox and Sean Spears match. Uh, still a pretty decent match, though. Uh, main event was super fun. I love watching Dustin Rhodes in the ring. Uh, even the schmaz at the end, you know, everybody coming down the Young Bucks. Uh, Darby on a skateboard was pretty Sweet cool. move. I was thinking when I was watching that, I was like, man, he would love the new Raw set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? F- fuck it. I was like, oh, man. Half do pipe. a half pipe? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, uh, he, he, he'd do some damage with that on Raw. But, but uh, yeah, it was just a fun show. Uh, yeah. Much better. Like you said, I think that was, if we're going back to sports analogies, I think you got it right when you said uh, solid triple, maybe even in the Parker this week compared to last week's. Uh, double, it lo- double if they're lucky. Smitty, you also uh, didn't make it last week because you got pulled over five times uh, before getting here. Um, <laughs> DWB man, driving <laughs> black. I was walking down the street. They just pulled me over. Um, what? How did you feel about AEW last week? To the and was there improvements or did it diminish itself a little bit more in your mind this week? Uh, I feel like last week they they did try. They were just so nervous. They tried to do too much. And some of it kind of backfired. Um, oh yeah, sorry. The first, I didn't like the opening match. It sparked my memory with the Sammy Guevara versus uh, Cody Rhodes on the really? first. Yeah, that wasn't a bad match at all. I thought it was a good. Match. I thought it just went on way too long. Uh, and it, I think 
I think Cody should have beat him quicker, like going into a title match against Jericho. Um, I think that while I would agree uh, for the most part with that, after seeing what they did with Guevara, setting him up into the, uh, inner, uh, circle. the inner, inner circle, circle it, made, it made sense that he gave Cody a run for his money because he, had, he couldn't look weak and then all of a sudden be in a top stable. No one's going to fucking believe you. I'm not saying like squash weak, but I just, I think, no, I, I think, I, I think it was like a little too competitive. Uh, all right. Well, again, I think that's it should have been. If I, gotta, trying I, to establish I, I that disagree guy. with that because, like, one thing <clears throat> I know about AEW, they're giving these kind of people that you're just now seeing a little bit more of a. They're giving them a lot of a rub. Like guys like Sam Guevara, well, yeah, like you got to set party. these guys up so people believe in them in the, yeah. in the future. So that's why I, that's why I, I kind of I disagree with what Joe just said there. Like, I, I thought the match was the first match opening match was good, and it gave a good rub to Sammy Guevara. I just felt like even as watching it, I was like, man, when it, this is going on too long, it needs to. Let's wrap it up, guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> Continue. About week one, I feel like they, they they was like they his analogy was good. They hit a double, or they were looking for a home run, but it was I, I wasn't as upset as some people were about opening week. This week, I felt like AW finally got their feet in the water, f- figuring out what they what who or what they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Still got a problem with the officiating to a certain for the most part, but I think that's the only thing I've really been able to bitch about with AW. Uh, I was watching AEW on my landlord. Uh, on hot t- landlord, yes. Hashtag hot landlord. <laughs> on Wednesday, and, um, <laughs> like honestly, we both we both agreed that the one match that kind of bothered both of us last she week likes wrestling. Hotter landlord uh, <laughs> was the Moxley Spears match. Is it, is it, some of it made no sense, and then yeah. Just uh, it, it felt like a typical finish. WWE if, finish. If, you're nit- if we're honestly nitpicking, which we do, the referee there, there was a few times in the opening match too that there was no count being told to get back in the ring with a Bucks and Private Party as well. But again, it was it wasn't as prevalent in that match. You know, if you go back and rewatch, you're like, oh yeah, there's a couple miss. But the fucking Tully Blanchard hitting Mox in front of the ref, like, dude, that's not even. It's it, it's so it, it it's so it's so blatant that it, 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 it's so stupid that something didn't happen because Jim Ross literally said the referee's doing a great job being lenient here. I'm like, oh, that's what a shot at the ref. Well, I mean, what's he gonna took. say? You know, right? Yeah, like he's gotta to say something. Yeah. Uh, Nas, your thought on AEW this it, week? Um, top to bottom, I liked it all. Uh, Would you say it was better than NXT this week? Yes. Yeah! Wow! Yes, 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 I would. Okay. Um, last last week NXT by far, even though like the ratings didn't show it. In my personal opinion, oh, blew shot. it out of the water. It's yeah. way better. Um, this week NXT was a a bit stale for me. Really? Um, I, other than I mean, Dream's promo was fucking great. I mean, no, it wasn't. Yeah. See, like even the Dream promo being off. I mean, Leo, the Leo Rush match, good. Good yeah, match. I mean, but, like, of course, but, the in work of NXT is always going to be. Did we Swerve. notice a little something Roddy with that? Swerve was good too. Uh, um, real quick, the they they call it the NXT Cruiserweight title now. Yes, yeah. and the two hundred five is Dead. gone. No, it's, it's not. not I mean, it's still happening. It still happens. <clears throat> they still have the show. Yeah, yeah. it happened after SmackDown this week, but now it's the NXT Cruiserweight. Title. Yeah, but they. Uh, are they like absorbing two hundred five? Yeah, to an extent, and that's and that's what Triple H said. He goes, uh, "We're bringing the title into here because obviously it gets more play on NXT, and he can do now that it's on USA." Man. Yeah, but and at the same time, now Triple H is controlling both brands. He he had two hundred five. He had they NXT. should just make him into one <clears throat> brand. Which is slowly, I think that's slowly because what is yeah. going to happen. Two hundred five will disappear into a. Yeah, NXT. I forgot about even yeah, mentioning the, a, a lot two of the guys o- will go to UK or NXT. I forgot about even mentioning a two hundred five in UK with a 
amount of hourly content that yeah. WWE puts out a week. Sorry, it's mine. Oh, okay. Uh, Cody uh, commented He said AEW Improvement from last week For sure Definitely still needs Improvements Especially with Announced team and referees But I feel like In time they will get To where they need to be That's another thing That we have issues with With AEW as their Announced team However this week I thought the announced team was a lot better. Excalibur, it seemed toned down a little bit more. You heard more Shivani. JR seemed like he was running the show this week. As he should be. Yeah, we, we agree. That was the very first thing I noticed is how much better. And it was it was better timing between JR and Excalibur. Yeah. Because a lot of it seems to be the lack of communication between the two of them on like when somebody's going to speak and the other one's not. Because then you'll you'll hear Excalibur, and then it'll almost seem like Jr. is making like a cheap shot because he's just trying to get a word in. And this week yeah. felt so much better. Like they're starting to figure it out. It? They're starting to get their feet in the water, figure yeah. out what and they're going to do. You Especially all, if it's a uh, this three man booth. I'm still trying to get you or accept Excalibur. I'm not that big on him yet. I wasn't either. He does seem to. I know he's very he's, knowledgeable. He's wearing on me just because he's he's almost a little too like nerd, like the smarky nerdy side. Just like, shows like, like Matt Striker. Mask. <laughs> What's that? Kind of like Give Matt Striker. No, I, I liked Matt Striker's style a lot better actually. Um, I you know what? Z, I agree with you. I think AW as hey, an overall speaking product. Speaking of announcers, you know Taz is supposed to be a guest. Uh, guest yeah, on dark on dark this week. Oh, nice. Um. What was awesome this uh, this week is I agree uh, with you, Nas, um, that AEW overall, like, of course, the in-ring work is always going to be better on NXT. Those guys and girls have been with each other and have the performance center to work it. Um, but overall, the feel, the fun, I had, even with the ref, the major huge referee botch that I fucking hated, I agree. I thought AEW was the better of the two this week. I, I mean, my only complaint would be that the, in the Moxley match with Tully and the fact that Sean, Shane, the fact that Shane Spears, Sean Spears lost. You didn't hear JR call him Shane Spears? No, Shane. Right before that match, it's like halfway through the private party box match when they. Do the little blip like Fox used to do, and uh-huh. it comes across the bottom of the screen, and he called him Shane Spears. <laughs> nice. I was like, "Oh, way to fuck that up!" But then they end up burying him even more. Right. Um. My other problem was the fact that the winner of Jimmy Hammock, Hammock, Jimmy Hammock, yeah, and, that's his uh, name now. <laughs> and, uh, He's so relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> him and uh, Darby Allen get the winner gets a title shot, but then you got Pac. Who's undefeated? And I'm glad. And I'm glad they brought him to commentary and touched and, upon that. Because yeah. when they did that, I was like, okay, I'm not mad about it anymore. And that's uh, the other thing about AEW. We've always said, it, again, has to make sense. And if Pac is two and zero, oh, why are these guys fucking Darby Allen? I love Darby Allen, but he, he got a winning record after winning that match. Yeah, he's so got a two one, one what, two one and one now. Yeah, he's two one and one now. Yeah. And he's going for an AEW title shot. Like, right. It doesn't and now Jimmy Hammock. Ha- <laughs> no, no, yeah. No, it's his name now. It's his J- name J- now. Jimmy Hammock is now 0 2. No, he won. He won. He's, he's he won a- at uh, what, at All Out. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. He won uh, Yeah, oh, okay. and the Cracker Barrel. Yeah. Yeah, remember? Okay. Okay. Cracker, but still, he's, then but he went in the back and just laid, in, got, his, laid in his last name. But it makes sense. <laughs> Cody's going because Cody doesn't have a loss yes, in, in singles competition. Cody has a loss? Not in singles Not competition. Not singles yeah. competition. That's, but, that's yeah. where that's where um, 
and Pac's undefeated. I mean, I, I don't think there's anybody else that's undefeated. Right. Unless it's a new talent. Jerry Moxley. Mox is one. Yeah, but you said undefeated general. Yes. Didn't uh it was it was an unsanctioned match, did not count for wins and losses. Oh, okay. <laughs> um NXT, you mentioned the Roderick Strong. You uh, the Roderick Strong uh, pro- uh Velveteen Dream promo on Roderick Strong. You like that, Smitty? I thought it was funny. You thought that was, I thought that was so fucking cheesy. I thought uh-huh. it was funny, and especially what Marina Shafir did on Twitter the next day. I I like yeah when NXT the NXT crowd was uh, against it and, and Marina Shafir and she quoted the tweet she goes damn right he's not small like that um, but it also but it doesn't change the fact that it, it's che- that was so cheesy it felt like a Vince McMahon promo yeah that's exactly where the fuck I was going with but this. then also the match before that when it was a uh, I don't care sort of- about the match I'm talking about the promo we've already said okay. that the matches are great at NXT. I thought it was I thought it was funny and it was something just kind of how did you goofy. feel about that promo. Joe, was it tickle butt to you? Dude, I wasn't, I don't even remember it, honestly, because I wasn't <laughs> paying close attention. I was, uh, Fair. I was, uh, distracted while watching that. Again, that's points more to why AEW is better because we can talk about AEW le- uh, left and right, but the NXT this week, I mean, again, if you're grading the shows, AEW would be the A plus and NXT is the A. It, we're not saying it was bad. We're just saying that there were more, we had, had more fun with AEW. Then NXT. Now, moving on to SmackDown. Uh, we're probably going to fucking ignore Raw. Uh, <laughs> moving on to SmackDown. Creative did. Uh, fuck. Yeah. Well, let's be very fair. Let's be very fair. SmackDown on Fox was the beginning of the draft. You couldn't really do much of anything with Raw. But the main problem with Raw is they ignored the problems that happened the night before until two hours and 47 minutes into your show. That's when they mentioned the main event of Hell in a Cell. They didn't talk about Hell in a Cell until the thir- beginning of the third hour they didn't want to because that's crowd. when Becky and Charlotte were coming out. So they had to talk about something for Hell in a Cell. And they talked about those two matches, Charlotte winning her 10th title and uh, Becky winning the Hell in a Cell rat- match, retaining the Raw Women's Championship. Hell in a Cell was basically ignored. If you watched Raw, majority of the time, the fans in that arena were sitting with their arms crossed, not barely into the fucking show themselves. So you can't, but at the same time, yes, I'm going to, they kind of, they ignored it too much. You know what I'm saying? It's like, they still, it was like, they were like, they tried to sweep it under the rug. Right. But even Raw's show was swept under the rug, just like you said, Joe. Like they were, they didn't even put any real effort into that show, and I bet more than likely it was because of how bad, how angry people. Do people were canceling their WWE Network subscriptions and posting it screenshots on Twitter? Like, fucking cancel WWE Network was trending number thirteen the morning after Hell in a Cell on Twitter. It was popular, and people were doing it. H- people were pissed about wasn't trending. Hell in a Cell wasn't trending. Nothing was trending from WWE besides cancel the network. Yeah, Raw. Raw didn't trend at all during the whole entire show. <clears throat> you did see on SmackDown the WWE draft. Now, speaking of SmackDown and the WWE draft, let's talk about this. <clears throat> so the first match on SmackDown was Roman Reigns representing the blue brand and Seth Rollins representing the red brand. Winner of the match, your show got the first pick in the draft. The Fiend comes up and gets Rollins, interfering in the match. Therefore, Rollins wins by disqualification. 
Now let's talk about the drafts. Round one, Raw got Becky Lynch, the OC, AJ Styles, and uh, Gallows and Anderson, and Drew McIntyre. SmackDown got Roman Reigns and The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Round two, Raw got Orton, Ricochet, and Lashley. And SmackDown got Sasha Banks and Braun Strowman. Right now, this is seeming like, it's a, regardless of you getting AJ and Becky, it's seeming like SmackDown's winning this with the superstars. Then round three happens, and Raw gets Alexa Bliss, Kevin Owens, and Natalya, while SmackDown gets Lacey Evans and The Revival. Revival is basically what they, they got. Uh, round four happened, and you got Viking Raiders, Nikki Cross, and Street Profits for Raw. And SmackDown got Lucha House Party and Heavy Machinery. Now, we talked a little bit about it at the beginning. Nas mentioned it. Uh, the Fiend and Rollins seem to continue, even though The Fiend is on a different show. It was drafted to SmackDown, so it could because Rollins wasn't available to be drafted yet. But at the same time, neither were having machinery. That was really <clears> dumb, too. I'm all right with it. I Lucha House Party is the only one I, I was kind of confused the about. Draft, no, the draft pool, you were done? I, I get it. I uh, I mean, I don't have a huge problem with it because, like uh, you had said in the chat, this is not – this is wrestling. This isn't the MLB right. draft or the NFL draft. This is wrestling. So really, as long as they stay consistent with how they draft year to year, they can do basically whatever the fuck they want to. As far as the draft pools, it it just seems kind of dumb to me because if there wasn't a draft pool, Becky going number one overall means more than there being draft pools where certain people couldn't be selected. So who's to say Seth wouldn't have been the first selected had Seth? I'm available. 100% in agreement. I was actually, we were talking, going back and forth with another wrestling podcast on Twitter. If the first two picks, right, the first Raw pick and the first SmackDown pick, you could pick from anybody and then everyone, every other pick had draft pool. Okay. That's fine. You know, because then that number, number one pick and number two pick really, number one pick for each brand. Yeah. Take a shot because it's like not everyone's available. Technically. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I 100% agree with that. If the, at least the first pick for each show was from anybody and then the rest of the picks were from these specific draft pools, it makes more sense. I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. That was this that's is WWE incredible we're about still. It doesn't matter if we're talking about WWE. What we're talking about is something that you're trying to make a, a, a presentation of sports. And so if I get the draft pool. But those first two picks take a shot in how much they mean when not everybody's available. If you're really trying to get Becky over as the number one pick, make Brock Lesnar available. Make Seth Rollins available. It's like, no, yeah, then we she want was fucking a, yeah, Becky. Then she was the number one of all. Of, like, and, everybody. And then pick number two, Seth and Brock aren't available. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like... You, you, and that yeah, means and, and more that, because it, Becky was still available them, in draft pool number one, but you still took her even knowing you weren't going to be able to get Brock or Seth in your second pick. Dude, that makes Becky look so much bigger. Yep. And uh, no, you're absolutely right with that because then it would have made that match mean more too because then your first pick is anybody. So yep. whoever gets that pick, then your your second pick is limited. And then your third, you know, going yeah. into the third pick, you're limited even more. Joe, you were talking about this uh, in the chat a little bit, uh, the draft. Do you feel that this hurts in any way? 
either show with how this was coming across, including the cheesy war rooms and everything like that? I don't think it hurts show specific. The cheesy like, war rooms do. <laughs> what do you think it hurt? Do you think it hurts anything? Uh, I agree with you on the draft pool subject. Uh, there, what the, so there's two number one picks that like devalues to number. I mean, yeah. tremendously. And that's also, like I said, it's it's just basically because, you know, it's a supposed battle between Fox and USA. And so, you know, Monday, USA needs to have monumental draft pick moments also. Mm-hmm. So they need a number one and two just for the ratings of that show. So I think it kind of like hurts just the con- uh, both shows in general mm-hmm. in that aspect. Smitty, we were talking, obviously, the, the Fiend interview interfered in that match and it seems like something might have been continuing now jay glazer had a moment on the show where he came up saying that there's possibly a blockbuster trade so it's very possible that the fiend could go right back to raw uh something gonna happen on raw where raw gets probably raw gets the first pick and uh all of a sudden you said we'll give you the fiend if we get if we get the first pick so we get the next two picks you know something because they want to they want to get brock but raw win you know what i'm saying so something like that um but in the before Jay Glazer said that, you're first looking at this, going, "Oh, the Fiends on SmackDown. This doesn't make sense again." With the you're going, you're making two things in a fucking row between Seth and the Fiend make absolutely no sense. How were you feeling about that when it first happened? Uh, when Bray got drafted to SmackDown, I was thinking, I was praying. I'm praying it's like if he stays there, I hope he stays there so we can just end this because WWE already backed himself in the corner with booking Bray and um and Seth in the first place. Mm-hmm. So just end this and just keep Bray over there and give Bray give Bray a natural fresh start and on SmackDown. <sighs> Isn't the Fiend his fresh start though? Well, it, it is, but like at this point, you've already backed this character into a corner with this Rollins thing. So you're continuing to bury Bray Wyatt. Nas, do you, is there any saving grace for this guy now? You can bury. Bray Wyatt as much as you want to, as long as you don't bury the fiend. Did you did you bury the fiend? Not not really. Him not winning is a burial. But he didn't lose either. Like like you, I mean, you, the ending sucked. Don't get he me looked wrong. Strong. You're right. So I mean, but it, it Bray wasn't Wyatt as a person. Never wins in WWE. The one WWE championship he won was a straight transition that no one really cared about. That no one even most people go, oh yeah, that's right, he was a WWE champion. They, they popped for him and then he lost it at Mania. So, in the entire history of this performer, not just the character version that he has right now, he has been thrust into a main event scene to where the fans have always wanted him and been behind him, and then WWE's like, uh uh-uh. uh. Can you honestly can you honestly get excited for this character anymore? Me personally, I, I don't think I can. I I still will. This was um, like keep him now. He the the reason why is because again he didn't lose and he and he and he didn't look weak in the calling of the match. Like he took fifteen curb stomps, got hit with the chair, blah blah blah, and still ended up whooping Seth's ass. And we talked about it. The match should have restarted. It would have made more sense, but that's not what they did. So in the end, the fiend doesn't look weak, which I think winning the match and looking weak would have been more hurtful 
than him looking strong in what is ultimately a draw or a, a no decision, no contest. Um, it, and I think the, as dumb as it sounds, I I think at that point was the best option they had without taking the belt off of Seth. Because like you said, they, Bray, not, Bray not winning is going to hurt everything, and it did. And even the way they did it by him not losing but also not winning the title was really dumb, but I don't think it hurts his character. I think if they I, – I, I mean, I guess I got to see what they do with it from here. But so far, I mean, The Fiend is undefeated technically. Joe, you have been a huge proponent of, you know, the loss record of Bray Wyatt and how you were like, I just can't believe in this character anymore. And then you said it yourself. They did a 180 trying to build this thing, make him look super strong out of nowhere. Are you able to still possibly think WWE might get behind this th- this character yeah, they'll they'll continue to try to get behind them, but they'll they'll bumble and fumble along the way as they have been. So, but do you think that the fiend will ever be a top main event draw for to WWE? Because right now he's selling fucking merch like crazy. to some extent he already is, isn't he? He yeah. is a draw at this point. He's the biggest as of as of the end of Hell in the Cell. He's probably number two to Becky. As babyface, even though he's not supposed to be a babyface, the way that match ended, it became Bray became the number two babyface overnight. What when I say with WWE being a draw for WWE, I'm, I don't mean in the fans' eyes. I mean, will the powers will the po- will the powers that be put him in winning situations? To where it stays like that, or will they continue to do what they've done with him in the past? And that is, uh, yeah, we know you like this guy, but he's going to keep losing, and eventually you're going to stop caring so if much. Bischoff and Heyman actually have a say, like people are saying they do. You can tell by watching. Yes. You can tell by watching their programming that, dude. When I'm watching Monday Night Raw, Monday I'm not. Night Raw. I'm not. I'm not feeling like Wrestling. that's Paul Heyman booking. All right. You know, some of the matches, yes, yes, but some so a little bit no. here and there. But if you want overall, no, 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 no. Looking at Ricochet and Cedric Alexander on Raw, the two things that I see Hamas Prince on at times. But, Dude, they've fucking killed Cedric Alexander. What are you talking about? Like they beat him bad, like three, four, five weeks in a row. Yeah, but there was always been three on one. I mean, it doesn't look terrible. Say, no, Cedric, say, Cedric looks strong until the OC goes in and beats the shit out of him. And, but, and he's also getting TV time, and he wasn't getting TV time before. So, it, uh, again, like he may be losing matches, but he's on TV every week. Is it really a burial? The more TV, the time the I don't guy know, gets, it, the well, more money more he more than makes. Buddy Murphy, that's for damn sure. You get more than Buddy Murphy and Drew McIntyre. But Drew you know, McIntyre. if, you, injured. if yeah, you make hurt. someone, I mean, if you beat someone a lot and make someone look weak on TV every week, then, yeah, you can still be on TV and get buried. And, I don't think you look weak if you're getting beat three to one. Like it's, if, if just it's not him. always three to one though. He's he, you know he's been in situations where he gets beat one on one, and then they kick the shit out of him more after the match. But but he's also losing to AJ Styles, who we all consider the best wrestler on the roster, hands down. So having competitive matches with AJ is a rub in itself. Yeah, I'll give you that one. And, and uh, look, do I wish Cedric was getting more wins? Sure, hundred percent. But oh, you know, like, I do. Like Nas said, huh? So you know, I do. But like Nas said, it's literally, I can't 
you know AJ isn't going to drop that title, and that's the start of the program for Cedric. So hopefully something with Cedric, something else with Cedric works to where he becomes a more prominent feature. But we have to see after this fucking draft. Or, or maybe he starts his own three-man faction to go head-to-head. With the, you know what I mean? Like There's, right. there's different storylines you can do and still build him up as a character. And with the Viking Raiders, because that seems like that's what they're going right. that way. Um, so back to this draft. Joe, who do you think is the winner of the first night of the draft between the shows, Raw or SmackDown? Probably SmackDown. All right. Why do you think it edges out? Just the name value. Okay. Star power. All right. Smitty. Uh, I think Raw, because there's a certain, like, couple picks on that SmackDown side. I felt like you could have so waited. Raw to- has Becky Lynch, the OC, Drew. Randy Orton, Ricochet, Bobby Lashley, Alexa Bliss, Kevin Owens, Natalia, Viking Raiders, Nikki Cross, and Street Profits. SmackDown has Roman Reigns, The Fiend, Sasha Banks, Braun Strowman, Lacey Evans, The Revival, Lucha House Party, and Heavy Machinery. So that Lacey Evans and that Lucha House Party, the Lacey Evans and Lucha House Party picks, I get they were in the pool, but that was one of those things like... Natalia and Bobby Lashley. Okay, that will... <laughs> that... Like, like, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Bobby Lashley. I don't like what they're doing with Lashley, but I am a fan of Bobby Lashley. Yeah, but if Rusev doesn't get drafted to SmackDown, what are they going to do with Lashley? Just Raw and that? Raw me. Raw. Yeah, uh, you're going to take the black segments. What? You're going to continue the Lana and Bobby Lashley black segments. Fuck. Wow. What a snoot. What, what is it with WWE and just like completely humiliating their talent? Like, oh, you see my uh, my, my young cucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. It's like, and then now sh- what? You got Canellas, Rusev, fucking Shorty Gable. Like, oh, please don't! Cause like, I fucking hate the fact that they're running with that bullshit. Oh, all, right, all right, Lana, we're gonna make your character based on your strengths. <laughs> <laughs> Take your bra. <laughs> um, Nas, how did you, who do you feel won the draft first night? Um. In your, I mean, I guess in like your heavyweight division, I would say SmackDown. But for the women in tag team divisions, definitely Raw so far. I mean, actually, I would say tag team because when it comes to tag team, Raw has three women and uh, SmackDown took one. Right. So right now there's only Sasha. Mm -hmm. So sweet. You're the best because you're the only one on our team. Uh, No, but I'm just saying like, it seems like, it seems like the way it's going Raw's going to have the better tag team division and better women's division, and SmackDown's going to have the better heavyweight division. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about this. So you had the draft pools. So yep. we'll, we'll, the draft pools for one, heavy machinery got pulled out of the wrong draft pool. Heavy, <laughs> heavy machinery was supposed to be on Monday's draft pool. They were drafted on SmackDown. Mm. Um, so the Way SmackDown, yeah, the, the SmackDown, which. Tell me if this sounds familiar to you as I'm reading off the names. The uh, SmackDown draft pool was uh, Becky Lynch, Roman Reigns, The O.C., The Fiend, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, (laughs) Sasha Banks, Ricochet, Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley, Alexa Bliss, Lacey Evans. Does this sound like anything? Like, this is the pool they put out, and it's the exact fucking order they drafted these All people. Right, so, what's Monday's draft order? Oh, yeah, I was going to get into it. Uh, but so then, uh, uh, the Viking Raiders, uh, Sm- SmackDown champions, uh, Revival, uh, Natalia, the Street Profits, 
Lucha House Party, and then Cesaro. <laughs> the only one right now that's out of order is then Kevin Owens. Uh, Umberto Carrillo, which is the other NXT star. We, we, we talk a little bit about that. Uh, Street Profits and Humberto are the only ones on NXT. Although Humberto's more, uh, 205 now. Um, Akira Tozawa, again, 205. Sin Cara, Eric Young, EC3, uh, Chad Gable. Thank you. Heath Slater, Drew Gulak, B Team, and Tamina. That was your Friday SmackDown draft pool. The Raw draft pool, and some, and I don't and know, some of those might, people went undrafted, yeah. right? Uh, the Raw draft pool, as it goes, hopefully, hopefully you don't even know this is how the picks are going to happen. Uh, number one is the Seth Rollins, Universal Champion. You don't number see. two is Brock Lesnar, the WWE Champion. Oh, look at that. Uh, SmackDown Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair. Titus O'Neil. <laughs> He's not going to be drafted top four. Uh, Want to bat? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, the Intercontinental Champion. Alistair Black. New Day. Daniel Bryan. Bailey. Luke Harper. Eric Roman. Miz. Ali. Corbin. Elias. Ziggler and Rude. Samoa Joe. Kabuki Warriors. Rusev. Oh, Cedric Alexander. Rey Mysterio. R-Truth. Carmella. AOP. <clears throat> Machinery. Uh, Apollo Cruz, Andrade, Liv Morgan, Jinder Mahal, Buddy Murphy, Mojo Raleigh, Noe Jose, Dana Brooks, Shelton Benjamin, Kurt Hawkins, Zach Ryder, Iconics, Sarah Logan, Fire and Desire, <laughs> Manny Rose, Sonia Deville, Drake Maverick. Obviously, it's a three fucking hour show there, so they're going to have a lot more picks on this show. Um, but what's crazy about this is let's talk about who's not listed for these draft pools. Um, you don't have the Usos on there. You don't have the Hardy Boys on there. Sheamus is not on there. Uh, Zelina Vega was not on there. Naomi was not on so there. So Andrade's not on there. Uh, Andrade was on there for months. But days. Zelina Vega's not? She might come with him, but she's right now she's not listed as it. You can as take her separately. Okay, got it. Uh, Lars Sullivan. Lana's not on there. Mike and Maria Canellas, Nia Jax. Mickey James. Ruby Riot, Alicia Fox. Uh, the Colons. Those are people that are not, obviously. The, col- the Colons are very vital. Yeah, Morgan to that you organization. Ronda Rousey. <clears throat> Ronda Rousey is also not on there. Very good. Uh, I mean, now, quite honestly, they could do a draft that's, for a month, really. That's right. But at the same time, if you're undrafted, if you don't get drafted on these shows, you're considered an unrestricted free agent and you can sign with a show. That's how they're doing it. Anyone. Which is, NXT, yeah, and, SmackDown, and, and, Raw. And probably NXT, SmackDown, and Raw, definitely for sure. Uh, obviously, Cain Velasquez wasn't on there. Undertaker wasn't on there. You know, but these are part time. That's when you say Ronda Rousey. She's also kind of part time. I don't know if she's coming back I, after I, Total Divas. I actually heard she's she, well. Actually, Triple H she she just said come she's coming back sooner than later. Really? Yeah. So she didn't get pregnant. No. She's got to stop swallowing, man. Uh, why? <laughs> she wanted to get pregnant. That's why. Take the cream pie, lady. That's right. <laughs> No, cream pie won't get you pregnant either. Second porn <laughs> reference today. We're not even talking about wrestlers' names. <laughs> so we, we could talk about uh, Brazzers' Twitter. Uh, Brazzers tweet, Bra- yeah, yeah. tweet to the uh, WWE and Hell, oh. Hell to Sell for our third Blue porn Chew reference. Hit him t- yeah, Blue Chew hit him as well. Get a good finish going. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so that being said, um, with the draft, the people who are drafted, so on and so forth. Uh, I I think that right now it's kind of a draw. And it's only because of who, who gets you know, like what we champion. Get, we, like, we, like we've known that Raw is going to get. I, I think they said they did the draft pool. 
And Raw is going to get... I had it listed for how many each was going to get. Was, okay. Oh, so three Shinsuke three three Nakamura was not drafted, correct? Nakamura is not available till Monday. Okay. Because I was going to be really mad that if they didn't draft their own Intercontinental Champion to at least one brand. Right. Yeah. He's not the, He's not available till Monday. Uh the major, a bunch of the champions aren't available to Monday. The only uh, champion, Universal ever- Champion, WWE Champion, the Women's uh, SmackDown Women's Champion, the Intercontinental Champion. Uh, only only the U.S. and the Raw Women's Champion were available for draft on SmackDown. And it was SmackDown tags. Are they going to have another Perfect. opening match on Raw to see who gets the first pick? Yes, yes. they already announced that. I don't. I didn't. It's look Becky versus Sasha. Becky versus Sasha. Yeah. So Sasha's repping the blue band. Yeah. Becky. Okay. Yep, yep. Sasha's so, going to win. Blue hair, blue brand. Red hair, red brand. I, and that's Make it not, easy. Sasha's going to win because they're going to take Brock to SmackDown first. See, that's but Brock is not listed number one. Seth is. Yeah, Seth is. Seth is listed. And they're putting and they're, they're putting stock in the back. Is already think once again we're going to have a repeat of, but it's going to be a clean finish. But again, if I, I could see that, I could see Becky winning. And then SmackDown doing that trade of you have Bray Wyatt, but we want the number one and two, we want the number one pick, and then we're going to take Brock. I could see something like that happening. That would make a lot of sense. And and, and honestly, it gives you that sports draft. Type, yeah, and that and, and that gives you the real sports feel about it, especially if you're doing trades and stuff like that. Man, it makes you feel like you're watching some uh, sports show. Now we've talked about the draft, but we haven't talked about how good SmackDown was as a show. Especially your main event, the Raw, the, the SmackDown Women's Champion was on the line as Bailey got her rematch <laughs> with Charlotte. As Bailey comes out, uh, the fucking she Fuck has them things kids. go up. She's got a fucking <laughs> she's got a fucking hoodie on. And you're like, why is Bailey rocking a hoodie? And then all of a sudden she pulls the hood off, and I'm like, oh, she doesn't have a ponytail, right? And then I realized her hair was fucking short. I'm like, oh. And then Bailey picks up a fucking axe type thing and fucking murders the Bailey buddies. <laughs> now, I'll be very honest. There's uh, been a lot of talk about this. And the first time I heard it uh, was on Busted Open. It was something Bully said when everyone was thinking Bailey made her first heel turn when she joined with Sasha. And they're like, Bailey needs to come out and just destroy those Bailey buddies, get new fucking music, everything. Because right now she's in pure face mode. I think the build of Bailey's heel turn. Was great. Oh no! See, this this was literally the culmination of what started back, right? Um, and it's a story that build, build, built. It did. They didn't just give it to you. It wasn't a fucking cum shot right off the bat. It was a fucking no money shot. Yeah, yeah. it was. It, it built to where you were like, that was that was a satisfying end. Um, Joe, you saw Bailey come out. Bailey then returned, won the championship back from Charlotte, and then got on the microphone and said, "Screw." All of you, a hundred percent going. Well, cold. first she called them all bitches. She said, I don't need you, bitches. <laughs> Sorry. Um, how did you feel about the main event, the turn, the full on Bailey, everything? I, I think I said it on our show. I know I've said it in conversation before, but when everybody was saying that, as Smitty referenced earlier, like, oh, when uh, people were saying Bailey turned heel when she teamed back up with Sasha or whatever, like, I was saying, well. She's got some heelish tendencies, but right. in my mind, she can't turn heel until she loses that entrance. And that's what we got. Mm-hmm. And so that immediately, I was like, all right, all right, I'm liking this now. I'm liking this a lot. And then uh, just her facial expressions, her demeanor, 
She she pulled it off perfectly to she the T. Crowd bitches. The match itself was physical. It was a great match. I mean, uh, busted Charlotte's nose open. Her uh, nose. You know, uh, Bailey's got a great elbow drop, much better than CM Punk's. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's real fun. To and then completing the completing of the heel turn after the match with the shots at the crowd. Um, I. Uh, nine out of ten. Great, awesome. great job, Smitty. How did you feel about that? Somebody get me a cigarette because I've already. I, I love Bailey already. This is just. I, I feel like her heel turn is the best thing in WWE. Just the Eosharai's heel turn right now. Ah, oh, so good. And it was like, like I said, like I said earlier, it was a culmination that has been building up. Honestly, w- when she was feuding with Sasha and talking about you ain't shit, that's when we kind of saw hints of mm-hmm. what could what come what come to be. Pun intended. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it just finally happened. And like, somebody get me a cigarette because, like, I'm pretty sure I creamed my pants. Well, because let, let, let's be honest here. I mean, Bailey was awesome in NXT. I mean, and, you know, her and Sasha had that legit match of the year contender a few years back. But have you, has any one of us, like, really given a fuck about her at all since she's been on the main roster. When she first came up, we were all uh, real high on well, her. Well, that's and just, but, but, and that's just the first mu- call-ups. We, right. You know, but even as it was going on and then when she got the title, we were all like, man, it feels like they're dropping the ball and they hard did. with they Bailey. Did. And they did. Yeah. So, and I, I, I said it when I watched it, I'm like, well, this is uh, the most interested I've been in and like the coolest I think Bailey is by far since mm-hmm. she's been on the main roster. Yeah. This is the coolest version of Bailey. It's long overdue. So yeah, it's 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 perfect. It's where she it's needs to be. It's a fresh start for a fresh era in the WWE. So let her. let me ask you is this is this a Bischoff move, Joe? Do you think it is? I don't think so because from all things I've read move. is uh Bischoff's not really Involved with the creative and as much as Heyman is, which Bish- is weird because that's what the fuck you're there for. No, he actually he's supposed to be there because he's like a really great TV guy, and you know he can uh, be kind of like a uh, producer liaison between WWE and Fox. Okay, so he's more of like a, a boardroom guy. All right, um, so I don't know that he has as, or even wants as much creative input as Heyman. So I don't. No, I don't think that's a Bischoff thing. I think it's more of a Triple H thing. Like I said, the comparison to uh, Bailey and the Io Shirai turn, there's a lot. Of, I feel like there were similarities. Some of the similarities. That's what I think. That is a Triple H move. If anything, I um, I have to. I was, I was watching. I, I watched the last half of SmackDown at work because I go to work at nine o'clock on fucking Fridays for the most part, and so like I, said, I was watching this on my phone, and she comes out, and I'm just like. Oh, Bailey's dead. Oh, fuck. Oh, and then the match, and I'm just like, have you seen the kids' reactions on Twitter? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I am seriously very happy overall with the finished product of what they've done with Bailey. Now, you've built her as probably your best heel in WWE because she's officially got real heat. Like it's not go away heat. Like Corbin's much better than what he was. Have, have we has has Izzy made a statement yet? Who? Izzy? 
Is he oh, Bailey girl? Oh, has I, she come out publicly and made a oh, statement no, yet? No, no, no. Well, so somebody she's actually supposed to be she's actually on the indie scene right now. Apparently, as well, she was on the indies during the summer. Supposedly, supposedly supposed to be a heel, and then she made a whole statement about the women's tag titles and being proud of Bailey. Um, yeah, I mean, so Bailey, Bailey's biggest fan uh, is he reacts to her heel turn. Uh, this is from Ringside News. Uh, and she goes, I really hope that Bailey keeps up with this character because when I make it to the WWE and I will make it to the WWE, I'm going to show everyone. And I mean, everyone who the true role model is. Oh, great little promo from that girl. Uh, she, like, all right. tw- like 12, 13 or something like that. As that's, uh, apparently she was on uh busted open the other morning <laughs> and it was so probably Saturday cause busted open does Saturdays now. So well, anyway, um, yeah, I, th- I I think that this was a great pull, and I can't think. And like I really said, I really feel like she probably is the best heel, and that's just a fucking one match and one promo after it, and the reactions, and that really g- garners a lot of stuff. Nas, we, uh, how did you rate the main event of SmackDown, including Bailey's full entrance and finish of calling everyone bitches and saying screw all of you? Um, it's about time they got the Bailey heel turn correct. I mean, they've been trying it and it just wasn't working. And I mean, everything about her character had to die. I I don't think that it was it was not working. I think that this they is what they trigger. were building to. Okay, I feel like they did it. Joe's actually defending WWE creative right now. It's kind of weird. Wait, well, what, what do you, wait? What do you mean they finally got the heel turn correct? Do you they okay? They did it. They went back and forth with her and Sasha, and they tried to turn her heel originally. I don't think they were wait, going back talking, and forth, oh, hold man. On, wait, are you talking this current run with Sasha no. or back with like during Back the, uh, when they were trying to figure out what to do okay. with uh, the yeah. both okay. of them. Yes. Oh, all right. Before, before the women's tag team. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Joe, when I, I thought he was originally talking about this little thing with Bailey as well. Okay. So no, talking I'm, talk, I'm talking about grand yeah. scheme I of things. I thought you were just yeah. talking when since they first uh, tried, Sasha's been back. No, I'm talking about... The original so you ain't shit. eight times yeah, that Bailey turned heel, but oh, then yeah, the one time that uh, Bailey beat the living shit out of Sasha. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, okay that's so true. that's where that's where I'm stemming okay. from. Okay, um, that makes more sense. So it was refreshing to see her basically come out and kill her old gimmick, just kill it all, like the, the balloon people, the wacky waving inflatable two men, and other uh, Bailey all. buddies on WWE, wacky inflatable two men on Family Guy. Right. Okay, Al Harrington, <laughs> calm down. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure Morrow called him that when he was uh, still no, on Sax, the- Saxon, no, Saxon. Saxon used to Someone do it. called it that. Sax, Saxon used to do it. Who? Uh, Dio Madden? <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't have the same chest. Um, <laughs> sounds the same. Yeah. Byron Saxon? Dio you know, Madden. speaking Byron of which, Saxon, speaking of which, Vic Joseph does kind of sound like Michael Cole. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, it uh, I liked it. It was a great way to end the show because I wasn't like going into a draft show is kind of like going into a go home show. I don't expect anything. And going in with no expectations, I was kind of blown away by the end of it because it was a great match. Uh, We also we also had the New Day versus OC match on there. Obviously, uh, Seth and Roman and. Corbin and Chad Gable. I can't, I can't do it. I can't either. What? It's uh, still Chad. 
<laughs> Dude, I can I can just He's like because in my mind I can I can hear like like I can pretend being Michael Cole and I can just hear Vince. No, say say it short. Now we come back from break immediately. Call him Shorty. So, You're not saying shorty enough, goddammit. Fuck, he's the chat, goddammit. Here's, here's what's crazy. The chat is awesome. A couple months ago, WWE took out a trademark for Shorty G. <laughs> Are you serious? Dead serious. And so conversation, oh of my this, God. conversation of this going to happen was rampant for about a month. And then it never happened. And then the minute Corbin called him Shorty, he... He was making all the short jokes. I'm like, this is really going to go there, aren't? Isn't it? And then he said, "I now dub the Shorty Gable." I go, "Fuck, they're doing it because there's a goddamn trademark for it." And then Michael Cole still called him Chad Gable at Hell in a Cell, and now his entrance video says his Shorty Gable. Say Shorty Gable. Shorty, the graphics on the screen, and I'm like, and it's all because Chad Gable at the end of it. At the end of that match, call me what you want. I don't care. Call me short. It's fine. I want call me the winner of the match. You know, did that. I don't think line. that mattered at all. I, he, they were going to call him that whether he said that or going not. forward. But, no, but, anything no. Corbin dubs people is that what their entrance music is going to change to? I don't know. Like that's uh, his but what I'm what I'm saying is the minute Ch- the minute Chad said call me whatever is the minute it went solidified for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, you were, you're right. Probably going to do it anyway, but let's have Chad say that so it doesn't look as bad and it doesn't look like we're just ripped. The WWE is ripping on him, but it still looks like the WWE is ripping on him. And it's a real problem for me, not just because I, I, of, I think it's a stupid name, but the dude's a fucking Olympian. He's a fucking workhorse in your ring and you're mocking him. No, like, but I, He's probably one of the best in-ring guys they have. So right now, now I have to ask this: it's it's, it's very childish the thought very, process very. behind it. Is this worse than anything they may have done to another character? No, no, no. Michael, not. Michael Bennett takes the cake on that one. But this is bad because I know the the thought process is, and I'm sure I don't even need to mention where I think it's coming from. Is it's from it's good shit. Yeah. Is okay. We're gonna we're gonna bully this guy. Yeah. We're you know we're gonna continuously make fun of him for being short. We're just gonna short, short, short. Bully, bully, bully. And somehow through all that, he's gonna get a win here and there, and and he's gonna get over. God damn it! And then no, he, he's not. And then he's gonna be your your star of your star program. He's not. That's not gonna be get him over. Let me ask you a question with this. He won on Hell in a Cell. He won. On uh, SmackDown, no, he didn't. He lost on SmackDown. Yeah, SmackDown. Oh, yeah. and, but he won uh, at Hell in a Cell, and it, first pay per view you've seen Chad Gable on in a very long time. Uh, and he won. Sure, he lost on SmackDown, but he won on Raw via DQ. Isn't that kind of putting him over? He's on T. It's all about TV time because here's the thing: if they're getting more TV time, they're getting more money. Like that's just the way. Just because they're getting out. more TV time, don't mean they're getting more over, though. I, I agree with that. I agree right, with but that. I, I think, I think Gable's actually getting over. Like the crowd is behind him now. How quickly will the, But how quickly will the crowd get sick of this? Because it's the same shit. You know, oh, you're short. Okay, if you can't expand on this, then it's a one trick pony, and it's only going to be over for X amount of time. And then you got to do something else with Chad Gable. 
no matter what you do, whether you have him lose because he's short or you have him win because they're he's not going to do something else. They changed his fucking name for Christ's sakes. Uh, not fully yet. We're still waiting. It's on his graphics, we're dude. St- we're still waiting for the gable to go away and it'd be short. Shorty G. Not fully. And then he comes name, out. And he comes out with a backwards right hat and some. Uh, they're giving the full blown angle. Either way, the this sh- is like the beginning of Bailey's the shorty name is sticking with them. Yeah. They change his graphic. They're going to give him that small cowboy hat. So they are the sticking. Official, they are sticking be, with your one trick pony. Yep. Yep. Work for Angle though. I mean, Angle got it over. Gable's going to come out chugging milk with a small you, cowboy. So, hat. and that that was my next uh, comparison. Kurt Angle in his Hall of Fame speech said, "Don't be afraid to make fun of yourself." Because it'll be better for your career than anything else if you're able to run with it. All that Smitty, stuff was funny and stuff with Kurt's career, but my favorite part of Kurt was Kurt kicking the shit out of people. Right, agreed. Well, right, but so but. anyway, let me finish my statement, and then I'm, this is going to you, Smitty. I'm going to ask you. So Kurt says this: be don't be afraid to have fun with your career and do fun, do the weird stuff, be awkward. Um, we've already made up many a comparisons for Chad Gable to Kurt Angle, especially with the ankle lock and everything, the Olympian, so on and so forth. Amazing in-ring talent. Uh, do you think that this is Chad taking that and possibly then could this be maybe the move back? Go, he'll go back to Chad Gable? Like he'll have a wrestling match fight for Chad Gable to be his name again? And if so, does this get Chad Gable to the echelon that Kurt Angle could was? Uh, Main eventing, winning championships, so on and so forth. I feel like this is just Gable taking what he taking what he's given, trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. Yeah, I agree with you one hundred. And like, I I hate the fucking gimmick. I, I refuse to call him Shorty Gable. I refuse. Hey, so it's another one of those WWE tag words that they you know they say these words that they want to describe things and they drill <clears> them into <throat> your fucking head. So you're saying there's no possible way. No, I'm saying I'm not saying I'm not saying there's no way he can get get this thing over and just and get I'm not to even to get this line. thing over. Get himself over. Oh no, he can get himself over because the with guy's this. great. Yeah, he can get himself over with like because he's he's a great performer. Honestly, I'm not saying he's not the best. He's a decent guy on a stick, and it. His work will just speak for itself. You like men on sticks, don't you? No. <laughs> it's like no, I like being the men on sticks. <laughs> but um, uh, I think this is like he's gonna run with he's gonna run with this and get as far as he can with it. Uh, we're closing out the show with that, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Again, boys and girls, children of all ages, for two more hours. You go to BreakingDownTheRing.com, click the official merchandise banner, and then if you use the code Smitty's Meats, S-M-I-T-T-Y-S-M-E-A-T-S, you get 20% off your Breaking Down The Ring merchandise order. Again, go to BreakingDownTheRing.com, click the official merchandise button, and you can purchase a hoodie, a shirt, and using the code Smitty's Meats until 3 p.m. this today, Sunday the 13th of October, you get 20% off. You're breaking down the ring merchandise order. All that being said, thank you so much to everyone who is paying attention to us on Sundays now with our move. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you are not able to watch live, listen live, you can download the podcast on Apple Podcasts and you can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. We are on app, all your podcast forms, Apple, Spotify, having all the fucking fun. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We are your ring crew. Uh, Shorty F and Joe.
<clears throat> Al Nazid. Uh, Black Superstar Smitty. And me, the all Mikey one, Mikey himself. We are out.